0: Waves in the Finiverse.
1: If you had asked me, you know, maybe five years ago, what are the barriers for institutions, I would have said that probably there were a lot. But what I would say now, and this is the really exciting, pivotal point in the industry, is a lot of these problems are solved by really great infrastructure companies that are giving institutions these key pillars for custody, for trading, that's the part that we operate in, for AML, um, and regulators are legislating and giving parts for it. When institutions want to trade large volumes, they are used to the kinds of tools that, you know, you and I probably don't don't use on a daily basis.
0: Welcome to Waves in the Finiverse. I'm Walter Jennings, the host of a podcast brought to you by Finiverse, We're talking with the wave makers that are creating ripples, waves and tsunamis across finance, crypto, fintech, Web3 and beyond. Listen weekly to hear the change makers talk firsthand about their experiences in this dynamic industry. Joined today by Samar Sen, head of Asia Pacific with Talos, the institutional platform for digital assets. Welcome, Samar.
1: Hi, Walter. Thanks for having me here.
0: I wanted to dive right in. Asia has some of the highest rates of retail adoption of crypto due to the unbanked or the undocumented needing to uh, send and receive uh, funds around the world. Uh, Yet, what's the institutional adoption like in the region?
1: Yeah, so great question. Um, I would say that Asia is a pioneering region when it comes to institutional adoption. Um, You know, you had some of the earliest crypto funds originating from here. You have uh, a lot of the exchanges and other market uh, infrastructure participants who are either headquartered here or originated from here. And in general, we are seeing a lot of forward thinking activity from some of the the regional banks, such as uh, DBS, Standard Chartered, Nomura. We think it's a really exciting space right now uh, because we have a ton of clients all across Asia. Uh, from Singapore and Hong Kong, the main hubs, to Australia, Thailand, Indonesia, uh, Japan, Korea, etc.
0: Hong Kong made some wide uh, spread announcements about balancing out the institutional crypto with retail crypto. How do you find the regulatory framework in Asia providing permission for this type of uh, work?
1: Look, in general, we are grateful that we have uh, regulators who are really um, upskilling and, and on top of this exciting new technology and, and legislating uh, fast. We, we also have a direct dialogue and constructive dialogue with regulators in the region. And so it's all good news um, when regulators in Singapore and Hong Kong give licensing pathways to institutions um, and service providers who want to to offer this uh, at an institutional grade to proliferate this asset class.
0: I like the saying where CFI meets DeFi or where centralized finance Meets decentralized finance. It gets very granular. What are some of the barriers from institutions adopting a digital asset? Is it this kind of these kind of gr- granular
1: issues? If you had asked me, you know, maybe five years ago, what are the barriers for institutions? I would have said that probably there were a lot. Right. Yeah. So first of all, this this whole asset class came out of the retail sector first, yeah. and normally it comes from the institutional side first when you have asset innovation in financial services, and so that's a unique thing, and so. Even when financial institutions realized that, hey, this asset class is interesting. I wanna get involved. I wanna get exposure to it. There were a lot of things that they didn't have confidence in, in terms of the ecosystem being able to support their kind of flows. And so they, they would ask questions like, how do I make sure I'm not hacked? How do I move things on a blockchain? How do I make sure I can do my AML correctly? How do I connect to all these new liquidity venues? Is there credit? Are there prime brokers? Can I, Can I borrow and lend? All of these things kind of didn't exist five years ago. But what I would say now, and this is the really exciting pivotal point in the industry, is a lot of these problems are solved by really great infrastructure companies that are giving institutions these key pillars for custody, for trading, that's the part that we operate in, for AML um, and regulators are legislating and giving paths forward. So overall, it's very exciting, but there are a couple of things that probably still need to be solved around the risk management side, on the regulatory side as well. Um, But we can get into that if you like.
0: No, Samar, you said five years ago, I think that's about a hundred years in crypto. It's um, even noticing the change since the reopening of travel in the region. uh, We've seen a real explosion of the number of solutions provided. Tell us about Talos and um, your journey in the last few years.
1: So Talos is, um, is a B2B software provider. And we have a trading platform that's used by the buy side and the sell side only institutions um, to connect to digital assets and trade digital assets in a way that they're familiar with from capital markets. Because I had mentioned earlier that a lot of the tooling uh, is retail focused. Um, when institutions want to trade large volumes, they are used to the kinds of tools that you know you and I probably don't don't use on a daily basis. Things like algorithmic execution, the ability to aggregate liquidity and have you know, smart order routing and, and reduce your cost of trading. These are some of the tools that they, they look for and transaction cost analysis and things like that. Um, and we provide those tools to institutions. So we allow, you know for example, hedge funds to be able to trade across the entire market and, and keep their trading costs down. And at the same time, we white label our technology for banks and uh, brokers and fintechs to allow their end customers to trade uh, digital assets um, using our tech.
0: Oh, you answered my question with the white label, because I assume the institutions want something that is bespoke and fits in with their own infrastructure systems and technology. So uh, you're able to integrate well?
1: You got it. You got it. So the way that we've built our platform is from the ground up, modular, um and uh, and and very customizable. So if you are a bank or a fintech or a broker and you have your own trading systems, we are an API-first company that is comprised mostly of engineers. Um, you know we're about a hundred people now, with seventy percent engineers. And and basically, it's fairly trivial to work with our tech stack and integrate the pieces that you need. You know, you might need a pricing aggregator. You might need. A, a transaction cost analysis piece, but you don't have to take all of it. You can ch- pick and choose the services that you need.
0: And your institutional clients are they just trading in the coins themselves, or in any of the security tokens, or you know, what are the different products uh, available on it? For-
1: so w- we uh, clients that go through our platform, um, it's a bilateral trading platform. So they are a- they are actually trading against all the liquidity venues that they've onboarded with. So whatever those liquidity venues offer. Um, they are able to trade on our platform. Now, we are very excited about things like securitized uh, tokens or tokenized securities, but uh, you know they aren't in abundance yet. No, we're waiting for the offers. Exactly. But we are very agnostic to any kind of venue or digital asset that our client wants to trade. And so when there is a demand to connect to some of these newer venues or be able to trade some of these more innovative new asset classes like tokenized securities, we will be there to help our clients connect to those markets as well.
0: You know, you're um, growing in a period w- in an industry where there is already a lot of growth. How are you finding the people necessary and the brainpower to drive these innovations forward?
1: Look, uh, recruiting is is a very important uh, piece of the puzzle for, for Talos and its growth and its success. Um, our talent is is actually one of our you know key USPs. Um, you know, we believe- Unique
0: selling points. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm an acronym free <laughs> webcast. No, th-
1: thank, thank you for, uh, thank you for <laughs> elucidating. And so, yeah, we are, we are very, very proud of the people that we've brought on. We have a very nice mix. So like I said, we're 70% engineering. So we are a technical firm. Um, and we are, we've brought in a lot of people with hardcore experience in capital markets. We built most of the trading systems that institutions used uh, across all asset classes in the traditional world. And so then we came into this world, uh, the, the new digital asset world, and rebuilt a lot of this tech from scratch to be even better for the future of financial services. And so we we, we pull in people from all kinds of firms, big tech, um, traditional banking, the hedge funds and the buy side, um, and, and other general industries.
0: Uh, who were the types of firms that would be using your service. I've seen prime brokers, OTC desks. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the target market you're after. Sure,
1: so we, we usually serve two types of clients, the buy side and what we call uh, service providers on the sell side. On the buy side, we are used by crypto funds, traditional hedge funds, um, like some of the big names that you would know uh, in the US and in Asia and Europe. We are used by uh, su- uh, family offices and some asset managers um, and these are fa- firms that um, they, ha- they are sophisticated trading firms uh, that have their you know their own strategies. Either they are trading directionally, they are trading the volatility, or they are long-term value investing, something like that. So on the buy side, we, we cater to those types of firms. We also have the systematic firms, the quantity type shops, high-frequency trading uh, firms as well. That's on the buy side. On the sell side, um, where we where I explained that we white label our technology so that companies that already have licenses and their own trading systems for their with their own end customers, and they're they are looking to enable digital assets trading for their customers. Um, the, the, the firms that we um, offer our services to are banks, custodians who are looking to enable trading, a broker dealers and e-trading platforms, and some fintechs as well. Waves in the Finiverse, the podcast. Speaking to the people making waves in finance, fintech, crypto, Web3, and beyond.
0: Now, I don't know your personal trading patterns, but I understand institutions would be doing so at a much higher volume than the retail level. And yet we're at a period of time where we're seeing kind of the volume dropping off and that's impacting liquidity. How are institutions finding the ability to get in and out of their positions?
1: Yeah, that, that's a fair question. I mean, look, that's that's our bread and butter. So if you're an institution and you want uh, to be able to connect to the global liquidity that's out there for digital assets, you typically use a platform like Talos. And then that way, you know that if you're trying to work a large order, like sell, sell $10 million worth of Bitcoin, we can help you break up that order and send it to a bunch of different exchanges and get, your, get out of your position or get into a large position. So our system has held up very well in these circumstances. But you're absolutely right that we are in a market downturn and trading volume has gone down. Let's, let's, uh, let's not deny that. But we are still seeing encouraging signs from new entrants that are still coming into the market. To sort of get set up, so you're seeing uh, announcements from the buy side. They're setting up trading divisions from some of the famous traditional hedge funds. Um, they are they are dedicating portions of their AUM and portfolios to digital assets, assets. under management. Yep, AUM, that's right, um, to their to their to digital assets, and they are trying out their trading strategies, maybe in a smaller at a smaller volume for now.
0: Yeah, no, uh, the institutional adoption of crypto was really the the headline news in 2020. And two years later, we're seeing some catch up, but there's still a large market that has yet to be penetrated.
1: You got it. And and definitely we're seeing on the buy side, even, even if they're sitting on the sidelines and trading less, um, they're definitely uh, beefing up their teams and and, and, and and testing out their models. But on the sell side, the data that we're seeing is very encouraging. So all these banks and brokers that missed out on previous cycles, they have a bunch of demand from their end customers that, hey, why couldn't I trade um, digital assets on, on your platform? I've been using you for 20 years. I use you for cash, FX and equities. Why can't I use you for my digital asset journey as well? And so they are all they are signing up at an increased pace because they're using this downturn as a time to build and get their services up and running so that at the next growth cycle, they are up and running. And so we've seen encouraging Uh, new client onboarding from that segment for us.
0: Yeah, no, it's easier to build when there isn't froth in the market. (laughs) And uh, You know, uh, we're now being led not by FOMO, fear of missing out, but by uh, planning for tomorrow. You're absolutely right. Look, um, one of the killer apps for institutional adoption of crypto has been custody. Uh, The inability to kind of solidly hold in a uh, regulated format the, the, the assets themselves. Are you beginning to see solutions that overcome that in institutional crypto?
1: Yep. That was one of the original barriers uh, to entry. Um, I believe that is a space that is really, really solved now. We are integrated with many of the excellent custody, institutional grade custody providers out there and custody technology providers out there and we believe that this is a space um that is you know that is maturing and and becoming uh you know that has a professional offering for 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 what institutions need
0: now along with the trading platform you have some additional offerings, including spot, derivative, FX, liquidity. Can you walk us through some of those other offers?
1: Yeah, sure. So what I had explained earlier was, you know, we have a a full suite of trading services that, you know, institutions would be used to. And that's, you know, the pricing aggregation, the execution layer um, with the execution algorithms and the transaction cost analysis. That's what you would expect from a trading platform. But what's happening now is that um, as customers are using us as a a single gateway to access the digital asset markets, they are asking us for additional types of services, complementary services. So now they're saying, okay, let's look further downstream. Can you help me with my settlement as well? Can you help me with some treasury tools so that I can move my assets around and rebalance my portfolios? Can you help me with portfolio management so I can see where all my assets are? and risk management so I can, I can figure out if I'm too exposed in one asset class and need to rebalance. So all these kinds of complementary tools are exciting new projects that we are working on right now. And some of them are launching, some of them have already launched like our settlement service has already launched. Our portfolio management service is about to launch. And we're also um, launching a lending and borrowing marketplace, which is going to be super exciting as well.
0: I wanted to talk to you for a moment about the market environment we're in at the moment. Um, People have called it crypto winter. I think it's winter across many markets um it's one of the first times we're seeing crypto trading in correlation with traditional markets how would you characterize the outlook for the crypto markets in the coming year
1: yeah so look it, it's fair what you have said um in, in in that we first of all we we are in a macro a challenging macro con, uh, environment in general right we've got the war um we've got inflation um we're at the tail end of a pandemic so that's challenging in itself um but in the in the crypto world you know there there was a few there were a few incidents, right, uh, and and irresponsible behavior that caused uh, a recent crash, um, and and that's hit the industry very hard. So what I would say is that yes, we are indeed in a crypto winter where um, you know prices are depressed, and I see a lot of uh, possibilities for opportunity. I think it's a good thing if certain scam coins you know go away. I think it's a good thing if companies that uh, you know that didn't really have a product market fit or or, or a purpose in the ecosystem you know, if they naturally fade away or get acquired, we can see that there will be some consolidation and improvement and and maturation in this ecosystem. And I think these are all good things so that when we emerge from this crypto winter, we will be a much more resilient ecosystem uh, and ready for that next spurt of growth. It's, It's just, it's only natural when you have a new asset class that's come into being that there are some growing pains. And I see each of these crypto winters as growing pains they've always had a different cause each time. And the, I believe the market has emerged stronger whenever we've come out of them.
0: Uh, Samar, what are some of the, other than Thallos, what are some of the um, technologies that have uh, caught your eye during the, the Singapore FinTech Festival? Some of the new applications, some of the updates you've heard of during the course of this uh, event?
1: No, I mean, we are seeing amazing innovation all around, right? So in general, in FinTech, there's a lot of talent solving all kinds of problems, right? Whether it's payments, identity, um, all kinds of amazing initiatives. In the Web3 and digital asset space, which is which is much closer to what we do, we are seeing companies solve other areas of the value chain that, needed, that need solving, right? So I mentioned that, you know, custody is something that's been solved. Tr- trading is something that's been solved. AML is something that's been solved. But we are now seeing companies further downstream solving fund accounting, solving tax, these are all things that institutions need solving for when they want to work with this asset class. And then when you look upstream, there are amazing companies that are working on risk management solutions, which, as, you, as you've seen from our last market downturn, is an area that we need to do better in, right? Whether it's credit risk management, collateral management, and general risk management. I think that's an area that needs beefing up. And I believe there are companies out there that I've seen, you know, this week that are solving for some of these things as well.
0: Yeah, one thing I do love about this industry is it takes an ecosystem to uh, to solve some of the issues. And we have everyone from innovators to inventors to uh, what I call renovators, which are the bigger institutions trying to backfill for crypto. So you've got demand and uh, solutions across the chain.
1: Yeah, and what's great is that some of them are new entrants. They're young fintechs who are like, that's an opportunity. I see that as a gap. I'm gonna go for it and build something. And then others are firms that have been doing this for years, bigger firms in the old in, you know, in the old world, and they're like, we know how to do this really well. Let's let's create a side project and, and solve for this as well. And it's great. The competition is great for the industry.
0: No, it certainly is.
1: Tracks in the Finiverse
0: know, uh, Samar, we have a, a segment called Tracks in the Finiverse, uh, where we ask people the music that will power them into the metaverse and beyond. So what song would uh, get you through your journey?
1: That's an easy one for me. And the fact that you mentioned journey, Don't Stop Believing.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> that certainly is a great song for institutional crypto. Don't Stop Believing.
1: Don't Stop Believing
0: Samar Sen from Talos, Head of Asia Pacific. Great to have you on Waves in the Finiverse. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. Loved it. This has been Waves in the Finiverse. Why not hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. Thanks for listening.